Welcome to Tea for Two Dominance. I am Miss Sugar Spice and this is my delicious friend, Exacting One. We are two curvaceous, lusty dominants who live the BDSM lifestyle 24-7. We are active in the Melbourne BDSM and alternative lifestyle scene. We welcome you to a very kinky conversation. So make yourself a cup of tea and enjoy. Warning, this podcast discusses adult concepts and ideas and is intended for 18 plus listeners. If you are under 18, go away. Now. Well, hello, kinksters and perverts. It's me, Miss Sugar Spice, with my delicious friend. Hello, this is Exacting One. And we are returning for Can You Believe This? Season 3 of the podcast, Tea for Two Dominus. We'd like to thank all of our lovely listeners for supporting us. And we'd just like to remind you that if you enjoy our podcast, please don't forget to like, share, and even give us a review if you feel like it. Our inbox is always open and we're always happy to have any kinky conversation. So true. Very true. So it's actually very, very unlikely that exacting one and I have a conversation that doesn't somehow fall down the kink rabbit warren. Yeah. (laughs) So, but we're going to start off season three a little bit differently. We're actually going to look where it goes. Nobody knows. It's like, you know, the never ending spiral of of development. Um, But we're going to start this season off with the care and feeding of your dominant aka what we really need and i think that's a really good conversation to be having because lately i've been having a lot of discussions that are all about what they want to give me and and i've said this before but what they think i deserve and i'll say it again what you think i deserve and what i think i deserve are two very different things absolutely Absolutely. So I, th- I think I want to start the conversation with rather, I don't want to talk about submissives at all, actually. I don't want to talk about anybody other than us for the entire episode, because I think it's really important that everybody knows that the dominance needs are actually the highest on the, the list of priorities in a DS relationship. Now, I'm not saying that a submissive's needs aren't important. They are vitally important. But what seems to happen, and most particularly with female dominance, I'm going to say, is that the needs of that dominant sometimes are, most times, somewhere in the middle of most and some, are overlooked for the needs of the submissive. So, I want to talk about the things that I need in a DS relationship because nobody wants to talk about that shit. No, um, what I have found is that a lot of male submissives that contact me are actually quite, I'm going to say it, selfish. Needy. Needy little pricks. That's what they are. They, they want to, you know, they just, you know, they want to tell me all about what they want. Mm. All about mm. what they want. And I have lost count of how many of them will show back up with a different name Mm. and think that, number one, I'm not going to figure out who they are, and number Mm. two, that once I do that, oh, well, I'll just give them another chance. Mm. Mm. Which, to me, you know, just highlights where their focus is. Mm. Look, I, um, 
I get a lot of emails. Um, my partner the other day saw my inbox with um, with FetLife and said, "Are you joking?" And I went, "Yeah, but I like I don't read half of them. Like I don't actually, to be honest, like I don't read three quarters of them. I read, you know, High Mistress, and I'm like, yeah, it's it's all over. Like it's I'm, it's going downhill from there. Um, so I will I will quite quite often flick through them, but and then just to get them off my off my unread email list." Um, but they are predominantly about what they want mm-hmm. or what they've recognised in my profile that could meet their needs. Yep. And I want to talk about, well, my needs. And if I was to send an email out to a prospective submissive and, you know, it was completely unsolicited by them, you know, I, I wouldn't start the conversation out with, you know, I as a dominant need these things because I just think that's really really bad manners but this is our podcast and we can talk about whatever we want so i'm going to talk about the things i need in a ds relationship absolutely and you know just to say one other thing here these conversations a lot of the time they do start off with what they feel like their needs are Mm. but then you know they swerve over to you know they want me to talk dirty to them Mm. and I have started doing this thing <laughs> where I just say, okay, so as a submissive, what do you have to offer me? Mm. Mm. And I, I'm really enjoying this because they go, well, what do you mean? Mm. I mean, what do you as a submissive have to offer me? Well, do you mean like, you know, tribute? And mm. I say, well. Isn't it funny how they all go to tribute? They all go to financial gain. And and I've I've finally started going, well, is that what you have to offer me? Mm. Because instead of say, just immediately saying no, saying, well, is that what you have to offer me? Because what I'm trying to find out is what do they think that they have to offer? Mm. Is it their intellect? Is it their willingness to serve? Mm. Is it, you know, what, what after reading my profile and after a, a short conversation what do they see that that they think that i need that they can give to me mm. Mm. Well, look I and did, they're all silent oh i did get a really beautiful response to um one of those questions i sent an email back to a submissive who had written me quite a few times and like you know quite persistent so i actually read the read the messages and and responded back and I asked the question um, I didn't ask the question what can you give to me I asked what was it about my profile that you know compelled you to email me not once not twice but like three times what was it and he said I have a blank canvas for your sadistic purposes and I was like (laughs) well that's really nice because that's one of the things that I need but yeah, the majority of them are, are actually they're very unevolved in their in their answers and their responses. And yes, it, it it is. I will pay for you to go into you know the club, or I'll pay for your dinner, or I'll um, you know I'll buy you a piece of latex. Well, you know what? I can do all of those things myself. I actually don't need somebody to do those things for me. And I'm not a financial dom, so I'm not actually interested in that type of transaction so yeah there's been a lot of self-reflection during the 
the little mini break that we had between season two and season three. And, you know, because I was home for two weeks during that time on, on a um, forced holiday, it, um, it gave me some time to, well, number one, unpack all my kink clothes and, and sort of relive some of the memories that are associated with those clothes. And two, you know, really contemplate where I go from now as a dominant. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I've spent the last six weeks really thinking about past relationships, what was right with mm. them, and mm. what was wrong with them. Mm. And how I can change the outcome moving forward. Mm. And I've done quite a lot of work on what I want my training to look like moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I've said before, and and this especially now holds true, that I have a picture in my head of the dominant that I want to be. Mm. And... That involves everything from the way that I look to the way that I behave, the way that I speak, the way that I dominate. Mm. And I have started moving forward on achieving that Mm. in a much more intentional way than I have in the past. Mm. And I realize that a lot of things about me have changed. Things that I, in the past, found undesirable are things that I'm now willing to look at a little more closely. Mm. And things that I found desirable, some I feel that I may have grown out of. Mm. And, Mm. you know, they're they're still acceptable, but they're Mm. just not things that I really would go out of my way to get anymore. Mm. I I find myself getting perhaps even more sadistic mm. but in a mental way mm-hmm. in a way in the way that I interact with submissives mm-hmm. I find myself not as willing to accept when they are not on my wavelength mm-hmm. I used to feel like that I needed to answer everyone that emailed me felt like it was just polite they took oh, the I time of that a long time ago. Well, I I felt like, you know, they had taken the time to do it. But what I started to realize was that if I responded to them at all, they took that as a Mm go-ahead. And I would get into these conversations with them. Full steam ahead, not just even a slow go-ahead. And I would be saying to them, I've I've told you that we're not suitable. And, And they'd say, oh, but I'm willing to change. But you're perfect. You're wonderful. You're amazing. Yes, yes, I am, all of those things. <laughs> However, <laughs> not for you. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, and, and so now I no longer feel the need to do that. Mm. When I find a conversation getting out of hand, mm. heading somewhere that I not even am not uncomfort- uh, uncomfortable with because I find that they don't really make me uncomfortable anymore, mm. uh, but just I'm not interested in, mm. I just say, okay, well, I'm leaving now. Goodbye. <laughs> and, mm. you know, I just, um, I've, I guess I find myself getting harder and less willing to bend. Mm. Mm. And my, my self-reflection is not dissimilar in that I, I have made some compensations in my current relationship as a dominant, 
that I didn't feel I would if like going into the relationship I'd said you know these are non-negotiables for me like this is what I need in my life and an example is like ethical non-monogamy non and like thanks to the pandemic and it's like fucked up my social life like I've become accidentally monogamous so that was something that I was really reflecting on quite a lot so but, I'm not sure though that you have like in practice, yes, but emotionally and the way that your head works and what you want in the future, you're not. You're still the same. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, be I believe, yeah. But but physically, I've become... Yeah, in practice, become, yeah. you have, yeah. So, but there, there were quite a, a few things that I thought, you know, life's become pretty... We've still got kink. We've still got lots of kink in our relationship, but, but life's become quite tiring for, for well, for myself with this endless lockdown and this endless, you know, isolation with everybody. So I, I sort of made myself a bit of a, a bucket list for when the world opens up again and the things that I really need in a play partner because I will be actively looking for quite a masochistic play partner when um, the world opens. And, you know, so, so there were some really specific goals that I've set myself for the type of person that I want and and it has to be somebody who loves a bit of sex with their kink because I do like a bit of sex with my kink mm -hmm. um you know when we go out to public play parties well you know if there's no sex on premises then I can't have sex on you know on premises and I can't have sex with my kink but I can still have ac actual um elements of sexual arousal in in that play so that was one thing. They have to be a very, very dirty boy or girl. Okay. Yeah. They have to be in chastity. Non-negotiable. Everyone should be in chastity. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, they have to be completely autonomous to me and my current relationship. I don't need a thruple. I don't need a thruple or whatever you want to call it. I need somebody who will come into our relationship as a, a third person but will not be a part of the primary relationship. Mm -hmm. And that is where previously I think we didn't fail but we failed to identify that as being a problem early on. Yeah. 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 And um, the other thing is, must be must be a masochist, must love to play out in public. Um, and the other thing that I've really struggled with, and I've I've really been struggling with a lot lately, is m like uh, I don't know how to explain this, but like I have a moral compass. I've always had this thing where I won't play with married people, mm -hmm. and that's because of. Um, well, just the way I was brought up, really. That's I'm just going to say it was the way I was brought up. You don't, you know, you don't fuck around on your on your married partner. But then I was thinking, like, do I have a right to be somebody else's moral compass? If somebody wants to come and and you know play, not not sexually, I would not play sexually with somebody who was married, who was in a non-consenting relationship, like the other partner did not consent to another relationship. 
but I've really been struggling with, you know, am, do I have the right to be a moral compass for somebody? So if somebody comes to the club and wants to play and, and I say, are you married? Does your partner know you're here? And they go, <laughs> no. I would instantly in the past go, okay, thanks. Nice to meet you. Goodbye. Like not, not crossing that bridge. And I've really been struggling with that because like it's a social construct that I was trained to implement but is it right do people have the right to go out and experience bdsm without disclosing it to their married partner well i think that's really up to you whether you're comfortable with that or not hmm. um i am not comfortable with helping someone to cheat on their spouse i'm not but do you, i don't want to do you play as cheating yeah, I think that if their spouse would be upset and hurt by it because they haven't had that conversation with their spouse, that yes, it is cheating. I think that when play, you... Like play, not sex. Yes, I think that you need to have that discussion with your spouse. If you're taking off your clothes for somebody else, you need to have that discussion with your spouse. Oh, but play for me isn't about nudity nakedness doesn't matter this is how i feel and what i think Mm, mm. you know and you have to decide where you fall on that Mm. just like every one of us do Mm. you know for me i'm not interested if Mm. now if you're married and i've had a conversation with your spouse and your spouse is absolutely 100 percent okay with this then okay Mm. fair enough Mm. because that is ethical poly to me non-monogamy yeah i guess it depends on on what you're what you're aiming to get there Mm. for me because because i don't play with very many people that i'm not involved with i see i play with lots of people that i'm not not sexually involved see i i i don't so i i look at the kink side of things the the delivery of of a play scene that is in public is completely non-sexual for me there's no sexual it's, it doesn't involve any form of sexuality for me i like to sleep with the people i play with mm, mm. whereas i'm quite happy to sort of meet people at an event and if we if we click then you know i'm quite happy to have that part-time dominant role and you know have a play scene or have a you know a, a you know, a top bottom scenario. I don't need to have a romantic relationship with that person. No, my, my, I just like to sleep with the people I play with. Mm. That's just, that's my optimal, my optimal situation. And I suppose that's why I've really struggled with the, the, with, you know, is my moral compass right? Because I don't have sex with everyone I play with. Well, and. I mean, I'm sexy as fuck, don't get me wrong. And people probably think that I do. But I don't. Uh, there's, there are a couple of people that I have a very different relationship with that I, I will happily play with. Mm. Even though the chances that we're going to have sex are, are, are pretty slim due to, you know, constraints that each of us have in our lives. Which, neither of which is desire. We, mm. we would both, <laughs> given mm. the opportunity, we, we would. But um, so there, there's, but there's still that desire there. There's still that desire to you know, to sleep with them. Mm. Um, Whereas I don't have that. Yeah. Um, I just, I do mm. getting, getting, beating somebody 
and having that that connection mm. you know the, the the power exchange that happens there mm. to me is just the ultimate mm. aphrodisiac and i just really like to sleep with the people mm. i play with yeah whereas whereas i don't i don't need that so i mean one of the things that that i decided with any new play partner that came into our scenario was that they had to be completely autonomous and you know they would they would have a relationship with me and if they chose my partner but um you know they would live in their own home they would be responsible for their own life and we would come together as as friends and to play but nothing else Mm -hmm. yeah and and you know then then the last thing is like obviously uh, you know i like girls as well as boys so if well i like everybody really it doesn't really matter and um yeah i've I've always had these fantasies about and i i have actually have had this play scene in the in the past but um of of having a, a submissive a female submissive um who you know i really i controlled their sexuality in such a way that we could you know go out to a, a swingers club and i could just you know tell her tell them that these are the people that you're going to have sex with tonight that is a real turn on for me and i had that play scene with somebody and it was probably the hottest play scene i've had in a really long time and it will always be etched in my memory so yeah there are the things and the other thing i have really been researching and and really really looking forward to trying i suppose is oh my god i forgot what i was going to say it really isn't that important then is it uh, <laughs> I can't believe I just forgot what I was going to say. Maybe we'll just leave it there and you can go on. Well, um, hmm, I don't know what else to add on at this point. I think that, you know, as we go on through the season, mm. we're, we're going to be able to add a lot more to this. But for me, at this point, what I want, I guess, to really focus on is, is the fact that as a dominant we determine for ourselves what we need. Absolutely. And we don't need your input on that. Absolutely. Now, you are perfectly welcome to tell us what you uh, would like to add to what we've already told you if we were to allow you to do so. But you really ought to ask if we want to know. And if we tell you we don't, then mm. be quiet about it. Mm. Mm, I do agree. Because this is about you serving us. Mm. So get it together. Focus on what, what your dominant needs from you. Focus on what your dominant is asking you for. I agree. And actually listen to them when they say, these are the things I need in a dynamic. Yeah. And, and, and be, be honest. Be Seriously, not just with mm. us, but with yourself. That's right. Be honest with what you can provide. Because don't say, I can do this, this, and this. And then, you know, fail every task. Not be able to, to perform those things. Or but be so eager to get into a relationship that you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Sure. I mean, that's easy enough, right? And, and not really ask yourself. Okay, do I really have the time for that? Mm. Do I need to be trained to do that? Mm. Mm. Is this something I've done before and I'm comfortable with? Or is this something I've had trouble with in the past? Or is it something new that I've never experienced and I will need somebody to show me how to do it? Well, and, and if you do need to be trained for it, 
heck, as a dominant, we love training. We do love training. <laughs> so that's not a downside that you can't do that. Mm. And in fact, a lot of us see it as an upside because we get to train you to do it the way we like it done. Absolutely. So, you know, go ahead. Tell me you've never done it before. Oh, brother, we're going to we're <laughs> gonna jump right in there with both feet. <laughs> mm. Absolutely. But I'm, I'm, I think, you know, I think the most important thing about being a dominant woman is that we do we do know what we want we do reflect on what we want and we do change our minds on occasion and you know if you want to play with us or if you want to be in a relationship with us you know you really need to be prepared that that we're not porn star dominance we are real life women who evolve and we may do some of the things that you saw in porn and you liked, mm. especially... Well, we do a lot of those things. Especially if you come to us on your knees. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're, you're looking pretty cute. Mm-hmm. You're begging real nice. Mm. And you've got that leather leather harness on. Mm-hmm. And that to book. Seriously? <laughs> I did say Your voice <laughs> just went so low. It would have been easier if you were talking in dog voice. Okay. Well, you know, I did say I wouldn't bring it up again, so that's why I lowered the voice a little bit. But look, we are, we're real women. We have real relationships with real people. Yep. Therefore, we expect, you know, a real back. And and we want, we want honesty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and a lack of experience is not a detriment. And, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot. And, and, you know, that Olivia Newton-John song, Totally Devoted to You. I don't even know if they're the words because I actually don't know the song. <laughs> Hopelessly Devoted. No, I want Totally Devoted. I need to change the words to that song. I actually want a submissive to be totally devoted to me, to my needs. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to change those words. Watch this space. I might actually sing a song next time. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can play tambourine in the background. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> or actually, I, I might find a submissive's butt as percussive. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. Great talking to you again. And we will see you. No, we won't. We'll speak to you next week. Bye. Bye for now. So we'd like to thank you for joining us for our kinky conversations today. And we'd like to start by thanking all of our kinky supporters. Classic Ties held at the club on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Southeast Bush Bunnies for when you just need to be naked in nature and all tied up. JS Alternative Photography, Lux Latex and Leather Polish and Care. And the club, Melbourne's only dedicated kink venue. For further information on these businesses, please visit our show notes.